What's up, y'all? We're back. Another episode of Lift and Coast. Welcome back. Welcome back. Red Bull just signed another bag, bro. They basically have covered their salary cap with their Oracle deal and their Bybit deal. Yo, Red Bull got... This is the crazy thing with the top teams. They got so much money, bro. They do, because think about it. They signed for $500 million over five years. So that's $100 million. And then they signed a three-year, $150 so million. another 50 M's a year. That's $150 million, which is salary cap. Obviously, that's they the have their marketing. right there. They have their marketing. They have their things that are excluded. So, But they literally covered their cost of their salary cap or ca- cost cap, whatever you call it, with two sponsorships. It's crazy. When you start to look at the top teams and you factor in everything, like I'm, and I've said this on the pod, like if we were literally to just have full transparency and look at Mercedes and Red Bull and look at all the incomings, all the outgoings, the total dollar amount, it's got to be between 500 and a billion. Not anymore. I, I don't think, how can you spend over $350 million on marketing and player and like the top three salaries like I and don't just develop like i'm just talking everything yeah that's that makes sense i'm talking but, the entire but team let's look at the year in wrap right like so 150 million dollars is salary cap basically it's 140 right this year right yeah so you have 10 million surplus plus your other sponsors are they actually spending any money this year there's no way they don't make another 100 million dollars what was the most that um mercedes spent a few years ago it was almost 500 right i think it was a little over 500 yeah so they're still spending that. No, they're not. They can't. There's just you, you have to cut you have to cut down costs. The exceptions to the rules from what I understand of are your top 3 drive salaries in the, in your team. Okay. So they'd be Lewis, George, and then uh your top 3 other paid employees, so probably Toto like you probably shave off about another 60 million dollars in salary costs for a top team, like your top driver and a couple employees. You shave off marketing costs and that's pretty much what you get to shave off, bro. Like, I feel like there's a lot of money that is unaccounted for in research and development. Maybe so. That's done through. This is just from my knowledge, but it's like even then, it's like, how much money do you think they're actually spending? Like, remember, that's only two sponsorships. They got 150 million dollars. What about their actually operations and sales, um, revenue? Yeah, I'm talking and about merchandise and everything. Like the total. I, I know, but I'm saying they don't spend any. Mo- it feels like teams are just gonna be profitable now. Like if at least the top teams. If you're Mercedes, Red Bull, Ferrari. So is McLaren. You, you you can't tell me that McLaren's not getting over 200, $200 million dollars in sponsorship. Yeah, I mean, I would. I don't know what the Velo sponsorship's worth, but it's. I'm a, sure. It's I'm a bag. Sh- I'm sure McLaren with revenue and sponsorship, they're getting at least two hundred million dollars a year, and that's probably how much it costs to operate their team. On the sponsorship side, what team? And just just a complete theory here. What team do you think? is the best value in F1 today. That's like, they're cheap because they're not that good, but they're on the come up. It's McLaren. You think so? Yeah, because McLaren not is- Not like a low key team, like- No, cause you gotta think about this, right? And we're talking bang for your buck. We're, I think McLaren's still expensive, but for its history and legacy and how much fans it has. And like we talked about last episode, it has one Instagram page. So it's like, when you see Velo, it's just not Mercedes F1. It's just not McLaren F1, it is- all of McLaren fans, even just McLaren cars, McLaren Indy, like, and I'm talking about McLaren as a brand, like even McLaren Indy, they get a value because it's one page. Yeah, you like everyone benefits from it. Cause you know, obviously the cheapest is Haas, but like you're not getting value. Like what's the point of paying cheap to be shit? The, the other argument would be the other two teams that if you want to really go over there, I don't think, I think Aston Martin would be good value. I think Aston Martin is probably expensive just because they probably think they're like elite when they're not. Maybe so, depending on what they actually get. I think that Alpine's good value because they're a decent team and they're Renault, they have a history and Williams. 
Like, Williams is still Williams. I don't care what you say. Like, if they're bad, they're still Williams. Because Williams obviously got the Duracell bag. Yeah, but, like, it's not even, like, the bag you talk about. It's, like, they're probably cheap because they suck right now, but they still, they're still Williams. Alfa Romeo's got, what, Orlin? We'll see when they release, like, who's on, the, on board for this year. But, yeah, it's, like, there are some teams that there's probably significant value for return. Yeah, and I, I do think I do think that McLaren, although they're still expensive because of everything going for them, they still get quite a good value. That's just my. Opinion. Let me ask you this now, because we're in the podcast world, very different, but we're also in the advertising world. How can you justify the amount of money that these advertisers are spending with the return on investment? There's no promo code; it's just an awareness play. Yeah, I mean, think about that. Yeah, but can you put a value on brand recognition? M's, how are you... What? Okay, so think about the partnership with um, McLaren, Velo. It is a tobacco company. Yeah, but tobacco companies have money to burn, and they can't really advertise on they TVs anymore. They have to spend anymore. the money. Yeah, they have to spend the money. So, so it's just else? like... Like, you got to think, okay, let, let's, look at Red, let's look at Red Bull as an example because they have two very relevant industries. Like, tobacco is relevant, crypto but it's not software. really relevant. Yeah, crypto and software. Well, Oracle, I mean, that's a no-brainer. Like, it's software. Like, if, if you can get your software out there and people type in Oracle, it's software. Makes sense. So now, and then, I want to know, like, I'm watching the race. I see the car. or I'm at the race. I see the car. What's Oracle? So I take my phone. I Google Oracle. Software but company. When I get to their website, is there a consumer product that can convert? Listen, that's a whole different conversation. Brand recognition is one thing, but, like, buy bit. Now Bybit's going to be the top of crypto heads that are Red Bull fans because they understand, oh, who's Bybit? They go Google it. It's like, oh, crypto from Red Bull. That is where I see value in advertising is awareness. Like, you're paying for awareness. Yeah, the only thing is, like, for, like, Patronas, it makes sense because they deal with consumer products. They deal with oils, liquidates. But, like, I understand the Oracle. Oracle seems like more. it's more business because it's, uh, it's, it's infrastructure. It's, it's software. B2B. It's IT, right? So it, it is a little different, but... At the same time, it's like maybe the shareholders are just happy with being part of Red Bull. Like, you you know those moves like that. It's exactly what I think. Uh, okay, so it's an awareness play, but I also agree with you. It's like a, it's that big dig energy of, oh, we're sponsoring an F1 team. Yeah, and we'll see how they do. I hope. I hope Is uh, it the smartest way to spend your ad dollars? I don't know. I don't it might be because you got to think how fast F1's growing in America. I would and love to everywhere. see. The pitch decks from these teams because they're sending their teams sales teams are sending it to oracle the, these deals have been worked on for i don't months. know bro oracle might be reaching out to red bull it's a it, the it sales, might be mutual it's a sales team it man. might be mutual bro some teams might be reaching out and say hey how much long are you attached to to honda for like we know you're leaving honda right so so but. we're gonna be um we're talking about something else in a sec here but we're also gonna be on later in the week because we're very excited about the highly anticipated Ferrari and Mercedes drops. Pictures have started to leak with Ferrari. Are we going to talk or tease anything about this potentially red and black car? Yeah, I mean, the red and black car looks cool. If any, I mean, you guys will see this before our episode drops tomorrow. So, I mean, you'll get a look at it. But if that is what the car looks like, it looks really cool. We'll talk about it more tomorrow. Might be the best looking Ferrari in the modern era. It might be the best looking car, actually, on the thing. Yeah. I think the red, I think that red's iconic. And if you actually make it look good. It probably is a tip. Will to always be the best looking car because Ferrari is just so iconic. But we'll get into that. Um, sh- just some quick house cleaning. Thanks to every single person that tunes in. Like we say all the time, we couldn't do it without you guys. The show wouldn't be possible without you guys. So we appreciate you guys tuning in. 
Tell your friends, but we'll leave it at that. There's no more propaganda other than that. <laughs> um, so on the point of dollars and cents and marketing, it's only fitting that we're going to talk about Drive to Survive announcing their launch date because that is also part of this massive marketing engine and strategy to promote F1. Yeah, so I have a love-hate relationship with Drive to Survive, more, more hate than love. But why don't you tell the viewers how you got into Drive to Survive and how that kind of has impacted your... I mean, the thing is, Drive to Survive really rekindled my love for the sport. You know, because I grew up with the sport, and then obviously, naturally, moving from the Southern Hemisphere to the Northern Hemisphere, coming to Canada as a teenager, F1 wasn't as prominent as it was where I grew up. I don't think it'll ever be as prominent So, you know, naturally, I drifted away from the sport, and then Drive to Survive kind of... Brought me back in and, you know, Drive to Survive has, of course, we know the false narratives and all the rest of it. But at the end of the day, it served its purpose. Okay, you're right. But the way you just slide the false narratives under the rug. We're going to get into it. It's part of what you're going to speak about. But the whole point of it is as much as it is all very factual in the fact that there's a lot of false narratives and a lot of things that don't add up. It's serving its purpose, which is promoting the sport. Yeah, and I think it's done a great job doing that. And we'll, we'll put this on wax. I know you were follow, following Lewis back in like 2014, 2015, because you talk about F1, I bet. I don't really care, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I think Drive to Survive really pulled you back into the sport, so I'll give you your due so people don't roast you. I've been on record saying, listen, I, I watched F1 as a kid with my dad a little bit, um, but I really got drawn to the actual sport. I don't care about all the drama and stuff. I think that's that's well documented. You know that. Like, I don't care about the racing narratives, the drama. I purely love the sport for what it is. So when I look at Drive to Survive, it served its purpose, but man, is it just a load of fucking drama? Yeah, it's it's a soap opera. But like, how I've do you like? That. So so I'm not criticizing you, or judging you, but how do you like just a you know, soap I, opera around a sport? Because, because my whole issue is like, I love the racing for racing. Yeah. So well, the drama to me just taints that for me. It's no different than what Abu Dhabi did for me for the sport. It for just sure. taints it for me. Um, the value for me watching Drive to Survive is one, it's just content around the sport. And that's fair. So I, I do like fair. just, it's not all the content's going to be great, but some of it. And then it's entertaining. Like we can't yeah, not sit here and say Gunter the fucking wankers, man. Like, yeah, but like there's but, so many things like that that are funny. But that's man. real though. Gunther actually went and said, called them wankers and he's actually was not happy but like they drive the some false narrative side of it is real when you have drivers on camera talking about things that's real you can't deny it it's not the fake driver yeah but they also ask the drivers to build a narrative and stuff like that too which to me like i i just i that doesn't sit well with me like i just i want i just want racing to be racing and if narratives come out through racing because drive to survive is forcing that then i have an issue with that if Lewis and Max have a real beef in real life, then that and, and that comes up, then that's great because that's real life. But I don't need Drive to Survive amplifying this beef times 10 because clearly Lewis doesn't have a beef with Max because he showed his class at the end of the year. Yeah, it's from an entertainment standpoint, the producers of the show, as we know, because we understand the entertainment world pretty well. They're going to do whatever it takes to make stuff juicy and TMZ. And you know what? Unfortunately, the society we live in today has forced that narrative in media. Yeah. How much do you think Drive to Survive added to the lore of Danny Ricardo? Because he was the first episode. In Maybe. This- I Honestly, he may have to thank Drive to Survive 
to still be getting paid the way he is and getting the ad dollars that he Bro, is. Maybe he loves Travis to survive. survive. Think about how much of a star he, he is. He plays off on that so much. Yeah, he's a star in Australia. Obviously, people in Europe love him for his attitude. And so he, he's a TV personality, not a driver. And then when you think about like, he was the first introduction to a star, quote unquote, in Drive to Survive. Like he's the first Driving episode. Those coattails hard, it features bro. him. And then they do a whole thing on him the next season, his move to Renault and how much of a star he is and how much money he's getting paid. It's like, but at the same time, it's like, they build this narrative about how like Pierre Gasly and Max Verstappen and, but it's like, I feel like Pierre felt like that, but they made it way worse than it was. Yeah, they obviously they, they dramatized the shit out of much, it. They extracted more than what was there. And but you know what? What I hate about that, and it's the same thing with any professional sport. But because Drive to Survive is like, if there was an actual NBA documentary, I think I'd hate the NBA. Like honestly. Well, think about the Last Dance. I mean, there were teammates of Michael Jordan that said it was, you know, felt a certain way. Obviously, we saw what. Scotty Pippen but that's said. hindsight. I don't care about hindsight documentaries. That's the point. The point is like this is like building up narratives for the future, uh, like in the moment. If they make a drive to survive about 2021 in 10 years, I'm all for it. If they want to dramatize it for for the fans, right? But like, so to kind of come back to everything, it's like that ruins Pierre Gazzi's perception with Red Bull throughout the whole world. Yeah. And I and I'm not okay with that because Pierre Gazzi's such a good driver. And it's like now people think he hates Red Bull and there's narratives that he should leave Red Bull. And listen, you're along those people and that's fair because you know what? Reality is he's probably not happy with Red Bull. But it's like if he returns to Red Bull, everybody's like, well, after they did him dirty and drive to survive, Ray Tay You know what I'm saying? Like that doesn't sit well with me, that part of the drive to survive. But I think in all sports, the media does that. But this is a F1 licensed document. It's different. I don't care if third parties do it. This is F1 putting their yeah, own sport on blast. Just, and that's just the nature of F1. Look what happened in Abu Dhabi, Abu Dhabi. It's like Drive to Survive and Abu Dhabi are two very different things, but the fundamentals and parallels are almost identical. Yeah, and that's my so issue. So that's the issue with F1 is we've said, like, as much as you want to be a purist and love motorsport, the reality is F1 is a very crooked it's a very business entertainment like, like business driven sport. It has a crooked history of doing. Yeah, we won't call it crooked because it's not Bernie in charge. We'll call it. It's very entertainment driven, and I understand that's part of the sport. And my biggest thing is I want to stress is if it was just a third party doing this documentary, I have no problem with it. But this is Liberty Media, the owners of F one, authorizing this. Yeah. That is my issue. The, with it. the marketing team obviously knows it's working. Sex sells. Yeah. And, and you it's know, the I same it. principles. But like, I'm glad Max Verstappen is not showing up for season four. I am happy about that. Yeah. Because you know what? I think Drive to Survive would be better if they just let narratives build itself. Like, I generally think that. For your casual fan, no. But for your real fan, it's better. Like, what, what do you real focus fans, on? Real fans and purists obviously don't like it. And if they are going to watch it, like, you need to know what you're getting into. I understand that. But it's like, what are you making a documentary for? Your casual fans or... The peer, like well, the, the real fans. That's the reality. Their strategy is obvious. They're but why going not for the just, masses. But why not just hit the, the middle, the tar target, where you can satisfy every single person? Because it's like, you're literally making it a circus at one point. That, that, if, if, if but Liberty that circus Media, is attracting uh, people no, that would never have But hear interest. me out, hear me out. If we continue to get Abu Dhabi and Drive to Survive, it's going to be a fucking circus. Yeah, well, at some point in time, you have to realize that there is a gray area that if 
you continue to push these narratives, you actually tip and get into the danger zone. Yeah, where you're so not you a have sport. To, you have to very carefully know not to blur those lines or cross that line, whatever we want to use. But ultimately, right now, the surge is great. You just don't want it to get too far because then it can be so damaging. We'll come back to drafts right quickly. With everything we just spoke about, how do you think new fans actually perceive everything after Abu Dhabi? Like, let's let's remove ourselves from Lewis Hamilton, the year Lewis fan. Let's move ourselves from Mercedes shoes. For new fans, are they like, what the hell is this sport? Or it was a great, it was a great event, great year. After watching that, what do you think? Yeah, I think casual fans are going to say it was extremely entertaining, and real fans all have talked. No, no, about I'm it. talking about your new fans. Like new fans are going to think it's entertaining. They don't care about the, because the, the absolute blasphemous that happened in Abu Dhabi. It's That's no fair. different than the NBA. Purists think it's a circus. Yeah, but the, the, there's differences. The regular season's a circus. The playoffs are not a circus. The playoffs are actually real basketball. You can't tell me the playoffs, people don't play 100%. And, and they, That's fair. They tighten it. You know what I mean? There, there's, there's levels to it. But F1 doesn't have a playoffs. Yeah. It's literally like the whole year is... It's a playoffs. Yeah, <laughs> so it's like, it's a little different, right? But so... Obviously, we talked about my feelings. How do you genuinely feel about Drive to Survive? Like, when, when you wrap it up, not in terms of, like, its business value, are you a fan of the series? How do you feel about its entertainment value? I think I definitely am a fan of the series because I'm excited to watch it. Of course. So, that sums up my answer. I just know when I watch it, like, I'm not going to take it literally and be like, oh, my God, there's this rivalry between Lewis and Max. There's I'm a rivalry. It, it's just I'm watching it for... It Complete entertainment standpoint. There is a rivalry between them. It's just how they portray that rivalry, right? Yeah, they're not trying to kill each other. Like Albon and Gasly. <laughs> like that one where, like, oh, Gasly beat Albon. Like, okay, whatever. Like, cool. But like, I you're going to beat, you're going to beat Albon because he's going to have an accident like, or something. Uh, we already know the whole crash in Monza with Lewis and Max is going to be dramatized to the yeah. fullest effect. And I, I and I'm okay with the drama. <laughs> like I understand it's drama. It's just like I'm just not about it. Like there's going to be like the Silverstone crash. I mean, obviously, we how all many know. episodes will there actually be focused on Max? Is it like five out of ten episodes that are Max and Lewis? Or is oh, it like it's going to be nine out of ten. Okay, <laughs> so that brings us into our next point. What other storylines do you think they will hit, and what do you think they'll miss? So I think there will be, there will definitely be some sort of buildup uh, in the change of George heading to Mercedes. Okay, I, I think, think that's fair. Because normally you don't see any Williams. Okay. Um, and then I think that we'll get some Alonzo in there. I think that we should get that too. Um, Are we missing Pierre Gasly's ex extraordinary year? I think that it, there's probably a strong case that we don't see anything on Pierre. I think we'll see the McLaren 1-2 in Monza, but I don't think they'll actually, and I hope I'm wrong with this, I don't think they'll build on Lando Norris's great year, like great beginning. We all know that Haas has got a lot of airtime over the years with Drive Survive. I, I don't think they will get a lot. I think they will. Nikita, I think Nikita and Mick will get their own little 20-minute segment in an episode on their whole beef mm, where he mm. almost killed him, took his head off, that whole shit. So. But like, I really think they're going to miss on the Pierre Gasly. I don't think they're going to highlight Aston Martin's absolute failure of a year, which I think needs to be talked about. Um, I don't think they'll talk about Ferrari's bounce back, like as much as they should, like how they're coming back. Yeah. I think McLaren will get its love it's for its one-two. It's going to be very heavy title. So when I look at F1, and I sound like a broken record, but 
I actually care about the other storylines. Like, I actually care about the, the other the other races. Like, I love to see who's fighting for seventh in, in a race. Because I'm like, is Alpha Merrill taking, uh, uh, sorry, eighth. Is Alpha Merrill being where it should be? Or is Williams pushing it? Like, yeah. I actually like all that stuff. I like seeing where Aston Martin is. I like seeing if Alpine can challenge McLaren on a day. Like, I know the casual fan doesn't. But those things matter to me. Yeah, and well, I feel when like you're watching a race in real time, it is great. When, especially when you know that, like, okay, first place is miles ahead of everyone else, right? Like, if there's nothing at the front. When you actually, when you hear Crofty and they're breaking down the mid-pack and that there's sometimes incredible battles that are happening. And at the end of the day, you want to see racing. So there's no point in watching the guy who's 20 seconds ahead of anyone. Yeah, but they still focus on, like, Max Verstappen in Mexico. Like, Max Verstappen, so ahead, blah, blah, blah. It's like, whatever. Like, focus on where the real racing's happening. Yeah, it's it's just, yeah, I, I, I thoroughly enjoy, like, every aspect of it. Like, I don't think there's a single part of the sport, and I say the sport, that I don't like. Like, I love practice because you get to see how cars kind of progress over the weekend. Oh, practice, quality, like, it, just to watch cars on track. And honestly, like, we've been talking so much on this pod about the experience like it's i can't wait to be there for a weekend and to see practice on a friday in the flesh and like watch the cars that is incredible i feel like we haven't experienced it can't wait to experience it yeah i'm in the same boat as you what do you think drivers feel about drive to survive like not not in terms of what it does for the sport but like when lando norris has a camera following around for a weekend i mean they get these drivers get followed the press is all over them. So I think drivers have come to just, it's normal. Think about it. You are it's getting a little different. Think about this. This happens every weekend. You're the driver on Sunday in the zone with the headphones on, getting ready. You're on the track about to get in your car and you've got freaking Brundle okay, or someone no, coming no. up to you. I'm going to disagree with you. There's difference being on the track where you know you're being filmed and everything. There's difference of someone following you in your room when you go on a phone call or you're talking to your trainer. Yeah. It's different, bro. Like It's not I'm, the whole time. Like I think you're assigned, okay, on this calendar date, you're going to have the drive. But that's what I'm saying, though. So, like, do you think drivers hate that? Because theoretically... If we actually got the drive to survive schedule and saw like performance at Lando Norris and perform as well on his drive to survive day, Danny Ricardo didn't perform. You see what I'm saying? Like, I would love to look at those things and understand I if mean, they performed as well as they did when they had why cameras. There were the Kimi Raikkonen's of the world who hates that kind of stuff and probably why he was just happy to leave F1 but, where, when he did. So back to so let's get to Kimi, right? And he's like he's he's been very vocal that he hates the bullshit that comes with F1. Do you think that's why he's made it through F1 for so long? Him and Alonso, because they've always spoke their mind and they've just stuck, stuck to the racing part rather than the bullshit part. Yeah, I think sometimes when I think the whole Kimmy situation is like, Kimmy likes to badmouth it, but it's because of F1 that he has the life that he has. And yes, he can say, well, I only like motorsport. Well, motorsport doesn't put money in your pocket. I think the difference is, though, bro, I think F1's changed a lot in the last five years. And, and that's because of it, it there's more money in the sport. Yeah, but he made more money because of his bonuses at Lotus. Like, sure, but... It's not like... Kimmy is a world champion, though. People have been watching this sport for decades. But the, but it's also changed a lot Schumacher of how Schumacher was making how much money in the 90s and yeah, early but 2000s. Yeah, but you, need to, you, you also need to understand, like, you need to put it on wax for our listeners. It's entertainment. It's changed a lot... In the last five years, ten years, compared to what it was before, on in the Western world, but I think at the not end of the, the day, like, no, F one no, no. has been Coverage. entertainment. Social media has changed everything. Sure, 
And you got to understand that like social media has changed everything. But the principles are the same as newspapers and tabloids. But, but come on, bro. When you're on social media 24 seven, when, when you, bro, think about this, right? You told a story how you just used to watch Kobe Bryant every single morning looking at the score. That's what you used to have to do with F1. You'd have to either watch the race or wait till the ticker or wait for your five minute, your three minute segment on our sports channel about sure. the F1 race. Now it's in your face at on demand. Yeah. It's different, bro. Like, it, it, yes, you still do with media and tabloid, but at the same time, who the hell was looking at Kimi Raikkonen back in the day? Well, other than when he drove for Fry, when he drove for Lotus, was, were they looking at him that hard, heavily? I think, I mean, I can't speak on that. Probably not. But the but reality it, today with Kimi is everybody's Kimi looking at it. It's been like this. For, it's, it, he says it's changed a lot. It's been a lot more dramatic over the last, uh, last five, 10 years, right? Sure. Like, that, that's my whole point. I understand what you're saying. Media is media, but social media is amplified at times 100. You know, it's, I think athletes have to realize that, especially if you've been an athlete for as long as a Kimi Raikkonen, it's like you're in this world of entertainment. And with that comes all the, the stuff that you call garbage. Yeah, but that's okay if he calls you it garbage. You signed up for it. But, 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 but there's nothing wrong with him calling it garbage and he's, he's walking away from it. Yeah, exactly. He's walking away from it. I just think that he should be more grateful i don't think so he didn't say anything's wrong with motorsport he says he hates the garbage that comes with f1 he didn't say i hate racing he says i hate the bullshit that comes along with it yeah he's not yeah, disrespecting yeah. the sport or the craft like but we it's might not disagree the sport there. that it's it's the entertainment side no, but of the, it that but the, drives dollars but the purity of his sport craft is why he's in his position well, if he just wanted to race in quiet, he would not have made millions of dollars. Yeah, but he, you're not racing at the highest level, though. Yeah. So it's like... you. It's, can, it's a very fine balance, man. You know, I, I, we've I, seen I don't it agree. in other sports where athletes complain about it. It's like, well, do you go get a regular job? No, but that I, th I think that's so wrong for you to say, bro. Like, at the end of the day, he, he's not saying... He said that as he's leaving the sport. He said, I'm leaving the sport because of all the garbage that comes with it. Right? He didn't complain about it in terms I think of. I he's been vocal I didn't about it throughout anything. his whole career. But he does. But he didn't. But he still did met all his press obligations. Did he not? Yes, he did. So that, that's what I'm saying. It's like he can voice his. Is he not? Does he not have a voice to voice his displeasures Definitely. on the media? So it's like, what what is your issue with that? It's like I have. I don't think he should be grateful for the bullshit that comes along with it. He should be grateful for the sport and what it's done for him. He doesn't have to be grateful for the bullshit that's come along. I mean, with it. I, Alonzo talked about it. And said that he's had many conversations with Kimmy and he says that, you know, as much of Kimmy complaining about stuff, it's afforded him this life. Yeah, but that's okay. But th that's not, that's not what the basis of my argument is, is, is he doesn't have to be grateful for the sport. Like in terms, he doesn't have to be grateful for F1 for it. Yeah. I mean, that's he, how he, you feel. He's earned it. He has, he not earned his right. Is Kimi Raikkonen not one of the best drivers we've seen in the last 20 years? I mean, he won one championship. Exactly. So he doesn't have to be grateful. He earned his right at the same sure. time. Yeah. It's not, like I, he's, I, it's not like he's Lance Stroll and daddy's money paid for his way in. No, Kimi's had, Kimi had a good career. Exactly. So my whole point is, why does he have to be grateful just because it's paid his bills? It's not like it was given. It was earned as well. He earned it for sure. So that's just my whole opinion on that. And I think that at the end of the day... You made money. Cool. Doesn't mean that there's not bullshit that comes along with it. For sure.
But yeah, Kimmy Raikkonen. We talking about Kimmy still, even though he retired. Crazy. Yeah, Kim is Iceman, bro. Iceman. He, he, what's what's your best Iceman impression? I can't even. No, do I one. can't do it, bro. We need Lemonius for that. It just goes, you know, like <laughs> I can't do it. Bro. I can't do it. Um, who are you excited to see on Draft to Survive? Is it Alonzo, George? Like, who are you actually excited to see this year? Well, the reality is like. You're not gonna get that much FaceTime with Lewis because Lewis is Yeah, so I so said who are you actually excited to um, see. Are you excited to see Danny again? Like is, is Danny like is Danny the star who tries to survive? Danny's a TV personality, bro. He ain't a driver. Yeah, so like <laughs> is is that the person you're most excited to see? Um Yeah, like for sure. Obviously Danny's charismatic. He makes me laugh. Like I wanna watch Danny. Uh and that's why he gets a lot of it, right? Um but I think some of the young guys, you're right. I do want to hear from Mick. I do want to hear from the Ferrari guys, the McLaren guys. I'm intrigued by one person. One person? It's the same young young driver I've been intrigued for. George. Yuki. Yuki. Yuki's an interesting dude. Like, when you see him on, on Alpha Tori and Red Bull social media, and it's, I want to see him getting angry, like, the behind the scenes... That's the one person I'm intrigued to see how he is behind the... Yo, with, with the Yuki is uh, putting pressure... Like, he's... Putting, like, pretty big expectations out for this season. Yeah, but that's okay. And I mean, I like it, but it's like, yo, pump the brakes, young fella. You, but, you're but, so but, young, Okay, man. so I haven't seen it. I, you told me about it, but what is he, what high expectations? No, no he's he just saying, like, the time to perform is now. It's like, well, of, of course, but Yuki, you're not going to win a championship this year. But but time to perform is not winning a championship by his definition. It's being competitive every single day mm-hmm. with the mid-pack. And right? it's scoring points. I love his competitive nature, but his first assignment is he has to beat Pierre. Yeah, but I don't know if I don't know if that's a realistic goal for him though. Like, I know. think about it. Like, is George Russell's realistic goal to beat Lewis or compete with Lewis every weekend? Yeah, I think I think George wants it re- like if you're George Russell and you know you're you you want to beat him, but what is his realistic goals? Your realistic goal is pr- realistically, it's I to think, compete with is Lewis. to push him on Saturday. And, and to compete with him on a track on Sunday. It's not necessarily to beat him every weekend, but if you can get a couple wins, it's great. Yeah, you just can't be like, if Valtteri Lewis is Bottas. first, you're coming six. Yeah, you got to be you gotta be close to Lewis. And like, if you're in the middle of the pack, you should be able to fight your way up. Yeah, and I think that's the same thing with Yuki. I don't think he, I don't think Alpha Tori, or I don't think the world expects him to beat Pierre. I think they expect him to give Pierre a, a run for his money. If he's as talented as we think he is, or as re- as Alpha Tori is, I think that's his expectations. And I really think that Alpha Tori, we we don't talk about them a lot. We obviously give Pierre his love, and I give Yuki his love, just because I'm a Yuki fan. I think they have a competitive car this year, bro. I've always just like I like Pierre, and you kind of. Alpha Tori doesn't get a lot of love because everyone's just like, they're just Red Bulls like bitch. Sister team, yeah. Like, we'll call it sister team. But the reality is they are a good team. And that's the thing. Like in all the drive just survives, they get no airtime. Yeah. Nobody even knows their principal's name. Yeah. And I told, remember I said on the podcast 15 minutes ago, we're not going to hear about Alpha Tori enough. Like every, you, you know who Gunter is, but can you name the yeah, principal? Yeah, but you know Alpha who Tori? Gunter is because Gunter is the Danny Ricardo of Drive to Survive team principal version. Yeah. Um, are but we yeah, just, you want to get, you want to see more love for Alpha. And when I look at Yuki's season last year, he had some top ten finishes, man. Like, and he had he had some good moments. It's he just finished fourth in Abu Dhabi. He, crazy. he just needs to, 
he needs to learn how to control his temper, and he needs he needs that experience. I really believe Yuki will be a good Couple, driver. Uh, did not finish his I think some Yuki's, retirements. I think Yuki's gonna have a very solid career, like a good eight year career where he's just a good driver, mm-hmm. but he'll never win a championship. I don't think Yuki's a world championship driver as of right now. I just think he's gonna have a very solid career. Um, does Jerry Spice make a appearance on Draft to Survive this year? Yo, just talking about that, Christian Horner is the Danny Rick of the principles. No, he's not, bro. People love Gunther. Yeah, but he Christian Horner gets so. Uh, I'm not saying people love Christian, but he gets a lot of air. Okay, time. that that's fair. But that's who, what I meant to who's say. A, who's the who's the people's champ? The fan favorite is Gunther. Yeah, who's the people's champ of the drivers? It's probably Danny Ricardo. Danny, yeah, yeah, yeah. But Christian Horner gets a lot of airtime, so obviously you'll probably see his wife. Okay, do we get an appearance with Kelly Piquet? No, I think she does do. not deserve to be in it. I think we get a parent. She talks about Max winning a championship in Abu Dhabi. Bro, where's Danny Kivat at, bro? <laughs> Danny Kivat. Did he, yeah, didn't wow. he just sign a deal to race some random league? Did he? Yeah, he did. Bro, you actually followed Danny Kivat? Bro, I, I kind of have him on the Google in. search whenever he comes up, uh, article, you, your nah, Google fam. notifications. Yo, he, yeah, he just tweeted this new journey ahead. Where's he racing in Indy? He's going to be racing for G Drive Racing. What what is in what league? Oh my god, bro! Let me read this to you. Okay, first off, it's in some foreign language, so I can't even tell you. But it is the WEC, the official Twitter account for the FIA World Endurance Championship. Oh yeah, WEC is legit. Yeah, yeah WEC. Yeah, but legit. the team he's racing for is in some foreign language. Okay, yeah. cool. Well, shout out to Dan and Kivia. He's got a a daughter that Max takes care of, and <laughs> yeah, that's so awkward, bro. <laughs> the fact that him and Max have to be like in, they might have to be in like a texting chain with like her. Oh, the fact that Max took his job basically. I mean, Max made him look bad, which eventually a lot of Max took his job, job, took his girl. I would argue that Max didn't take his job. He just helped someone else take his job. Because Danny Kvyat was never like Max gonna be over Max. Oh man, it's yeah, it's very. Um, it's sick. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's definitely interesting. I will say that. Um, so, I guess we've been running quite a long. We had the Kimmy conversation. We had the Drive to Survive. Anything else we need to cover today in Drive to Survive? Yeah, you know what? Just give give Alvatore some love. Alvatore some love. Um, is there since any- we brought up Kelly? I just want to get your your take on this because you know we are an explicit podcast. Um, do you think Kelly is bad? I think Kelly's attractive. She's attractive, eh? I think she's attractive, yeah. yeah. I think Kelly's very attractive. I uh, I don't know about the whole Max Verstappen choice, but uh, Kelly Piquet does her thing. It's Kelly Piquet, right? Yeah, she's got a... Um, she obviously, her family's being involved with that fun. Her dad was, yeah. so... Um, does Lauren Stroll make a bunch of appearances on Draft to Survive? <laughs> Yo, Lauren Stroll, bro. I just hope he's okay, bro, because after the car reveal, I don't know what happened to him, bro. Yeah, uh... And how much do you, how much stock do we put into Toto losing his shit on F, like Draft Survive? Do we see that? Oh yeah, him smashing the headphones. Yeah, is that documented? Like, what, 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 what do you think's documented in Toto of Toto Wolf? Bro, hundred percent is documented. Toto just going hard, Susie there to like calm him. Does down. he meme it? And the, like they interview him and he makes a joke about it, smashing his headphone. Out. Yeah, like I can see them doing the drive survive thing and they're like, and he's holding the tablet and he's just like kind of laughing about it. Yeah, okay. Do you see uh, George Russell and Valtteri Bottas' incident in Imola? Nah. 
I think there's a focal point, bro. They're going to build the whole George Russell taking his job and the Imola buildup. Like, yeah, when you phrase it like that. Yeah. So I, I, that is the one thing I'm interested to see. I'm interested to see how they built the Valtteri Bottas and George Russell narrative and Valtteri losing a Mercedes seat. That is the one thing I will. I'm kind of excited to see. Just be ready for it. There's going to be um, there's going to be some narratives that are going to be completely blown out of proportion. Oh, OK. Last question before we sign off. Which teammate duo that actually doesn't have friction do they build up? Is it Danny Ricardo Landon Norris? No, or is it's it? for sure the Carl's, uh, Carlos Sainz and Charles Leclerc. You think they're going to build that narrative oh, even though they're best friends? Oh, one million percent. Who's the real number one driver? Yeah, and you know they're good <laughs> friends. Like, you see it on, like, social media. Like They're, they, they're going to build the garbage about who's the real number one driver and how Carlos is putting pressure on Charles and Charles's future is unstable. <laughs> Well, the f- there's going to be narratives. There's going to be entertainment. We've March got, 11th. We've got, we are less than a month away from it. It's followed by uh, testing in Bahrain, which is followed by the first race. We are starting to see almost activity every week. Well, yeah, because we have the two biggest launches. Then we have um, testing in a week. And then we pretty much are full-fledged into the And, season. you know, there's going to be all the reports that come out of testing, who looks good, who doesn't. I don't care about testing. I care about, like, like sorry, Barcelona testing, I don't care about. The real testing is when they hit Bahrain in yeah. uh, March. That's so, when it, the real start happens. Things are starting to ramp up. It's going to be exciting. Yep. And we're going to be uh, here every step of the way. Over or under, do you finish Drive to Survive in one weekend? Oh, bro, I'm going to crush it. You're going to crush it in one weekend. It's going to be like 10 episodes. One day or one weekend? Like, Are you going to sit down on like a Saturday and just binge watch it from you uh, wake up to March sleep? 11th is a Friday. Yeah. So. Friday night to Saturday, maybe mid-afternoon. It will be done by Saturday. It'll be done by Saturday. I'll put it out. I'm probably going to watch like an episode. But last year, I feel like they put out a few episodes at a time. So you had to wait. Well, if they do that, I'm sure the three episodes will be done on Friday night. Yeah, facts. So I will say... I'll probably watch one episode per week. Like, I can't take in too much strategy. I can watch maybe two episodes a day. Like, it's just too much for me. Well, I Like, when I was re-watching right Drive up. to Survive, because we watched the Secure Grand Prix, remember 2020, and I was, like, a big George Russell fan. And you told me to watch Drive to Survive, and I messaged you the next day. I'm like, ah, I wasn't blown away by episode one. Then I watched episode two, like, a couple weeks after. I, it took me, like, I want to say, so that was December 2020. I didn't finish Drive to Survive until the middle of 2021. Like, I want to see April, yeah. May. Well, I really want to get to the Abu Dhabi episode, which will be the final episode. I don't want to get to it. It's just going to bring up bad memories. Just corruption. I'm more interested about Silverstone. 50 Gs. I'm more, I'm more interested about that incident. I know we're not getting from Max. I'm more interested about what Christian Horner says. I'm more interested about the George Russell. You know that regardless, I'm coming out with just continued mosquito energy. Yeah, I mean, I hope Christian Horner f- gets his act together. Christian Horner needs to man up. He he seems like he's a teenage boy in high school drama. Christian Horner needs to just get with it. But do you think it's just mind games? He calls them desperate so Toto Wolf can be angry next Bro, year. I don't understand what it is, but the fact that he won a driver's championship just angers me. Yeah, I mean, you got to blame uh, Mr. Michael Massey. Oh, does Michael Massey appear on Drive to Survive? I mean, yeah, why not? No, no, it's not why not. Is he there, yes or no? 
Bro, do they have like a, a post-mortem with him and the Latifi Ex- and like everyone? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So like, do we get like a Michael Massey? I'm, I don't care if he's in the middle season. Does like an Abu Dhabi after effect happen of Michael Massey? Of him like saying it's just not fair what he went through kind of thing? I don't know. I'm just saying, does he appear on for his own no, two-minute I'm, si- I'm saying right now he doesn't. But oh, the do, FIA protects him. We do get a Latifi for sure. But the FIA protects Michael Massey yeah, yeah. and doesn't let him. Okay, cool. Well, that's it for us. We'll see you guys probably tomorrow. Well, would it be tomorrow? Because we're recording this on Wednesday. This you guys might get two episodes on Thursday. A reaction episode right after this drops early in the morning. You might get a Friday reaction episode in the afternoon. And we'll for sure see you guys on Friday. Because if you don't see us Thursday for a Ferrari reaction, you'll see us for a Ferrari Mercedes reaction, right? You're going to get us for sure on Friday. Yeah, if not, two episodes on a Thursday. One in the morning, which is this one, and then one after the Ferrari. Just bring race. the heat. Yeah, so we'll see you guys next time. Yet again, no propaganda, but thank you to all our fans. We appreciate you guys tuning in. U.S., Canada, United Emirates, Australia, wherever you're at, France, Skane. That's Sweden, right? Sweden, Skane. Skane, bro. Appreciate you all. And shout out, like I said, to our American listeners, our biggest fan base. We appreciate you Our biggest you guys. fan base, the Americans. Yeah. Texas, Virginia. America. Yo, guys... Girls are plugging in hard. Yeah. So we'll see you guys on Thursday or Friday for the next episode, which we'll talk about Ferrari in and Lewis Mercedes. Hamilton fashion. Peace, love, and happiness. Yeah. He might not show up for the car reveal. Bro, they posted him today on Mercedes. 44 is back. Yeah, but he may not show up for the car reveal. Bro, he's going to be there. Well, if, well, the FIA is supposed to release their launch investigation soon, are they not? In the coming days, remember? Okay, cool. If I'm going to call it right now, if he doesn't, if the FIA's... They posted year 16, just saying. Okay, but I'm saying if the FIA doesn't release their investigation, I I could see him still boycotting until they release it. So he has signs. They're going to ask him when they do his first press. Then be like, so Lewis, what do you have? And he's just going to be like, no comment. He's not going to address it at all. I think he'll address it. He'll say, congratulations to Max. Next topic. Ooh, I like that. But anyways, we out. Peace.